All right, DJ and PK, we got more of your predictions coming up right now. Time to welcome in David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, brought to you by the Murdoch Auto Team. David joins us on the Smart Rain guest line. Smart Rain state-of-the-art smart irrigation controller helps with first-class water management. Visit smartrain.net to learn how to save 30 to 50% on your commercial property's water costs or call 877-346-3333. David, good morning. Good morning. I just wanted to share with you that it takes a special person, special personality, to drive by a half mile to a mile long backup of cars and then turn your blinker on as though, oh, let me in. (laughs) It's a a special person that thinks that they have the right to do that. Did you see me? When did you see me? Uh, You know, I was thinking as I was knowing (laughs) I was going to say that coming on the show of whether or not you might be that guy. (laughs) If I got somewhere to go, sure. Every, somebody will always let you in. They will. Because someone's it's just a remarkable, it's a truly remarkable human trait that someone thinks that they're all right doing that. Can you even focus on Minnesota? Are you looking forward to the Warrior game too much? I'm looking forward to 24 inches of powder in Utah. That's why we live here. What are you talking about? Um, I mean, I think Minnesota, I mean, Minnesota's a little right. I, I think we're going to see Anthony Edwards. So that's like, that's a really tough matchup for us. Um, kind of on this ongoing theme or um, you're trying to get better every day and deal with certain things. There's, there's some aspects to tonight's game against Minnesota that are as much, um, you know, what the jazz need to get better at if they're going to possibly you know, advance the Western Conference Finals, advance the Finals, or win the Finals. Um, so I think, you know, if Draymond doesn't play, that that's, you know, that's a big question on Golden State. I, he, he's right on the edge of whether he'll be out of protocol or not. Um, but we saw in the one game they played against Denver, while they really were pre- quite impressive and fought in the second half, in the first half, without Draymond, they're just not the same team. I mean, Steph couldn't find his bearings, and their defense wasn't the same. So it's kind of like us without Rudy. Um, you know, they're very similar players, actually. They dominate the game defensively with brilliance, and then they dominate the game offensively in ways that unless you really are an astute basketball mind, you, you, you see the box score, you don't probably get it with Draymond, but he, he's, you know, he really alters the game offensively at a really high level. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I thought during the preseason you were saying that you would like to see Conley play in this situation the first game, sit out the second game against the perceived tougher opponent, and that's exactly the opposite, it appears. Are you okay with that? So there's two, two what I actually was saying is it was just an interesting setup is that we're our back, our back into back-to-backs this year against all the best teams in the league. Now some of them are now against the Lakers and they're certainly not. Um, obligatory shot. Um, but I think I do think in this circumstance, there's some value to the first one being missed because then he's actually playing every other, you know, he gets two days off and he's playing every other day rather than, um, rather than having it be the other way around. Like, I think if you play the first one, well, I mean, I guess it, you, know, you get two days off somewhere, you're probably better off getting two days, two days off earlier rather than later. Um, but I also think that the NBA TV aspect of Saturday has an impact on this. I don't think you're supposed to rest players on national television games. Okay. Well, so I'm don't... not. I'm not. I'm not entirely sure the Jazz get the choice because if you actually have watched this, the other time they did this was Mike didn't play against Chicago, 
in the first one, but did play in the second one against Milwaukee, which was a national yeah. TV game. Right. Don't they want to see what the team looks like with Conley against the Warriors? I mean, if he sits, it's uh, a really different game. Yeah, I don't know that it um, – I'm not sure that January 1st chain impacts May. Maybe. I mean, I get that, but I still you, you want to try stuff, and I get I that it'll be months later. Bigger for the, I think, I mean, this is it's going to be great, and I'm not trying to underplay it at all, but just being around the team before we were not around the team, I would say they're very kind of methodical about this approach of getting better by game 70. So I think the January 1st game against the Warriors, as though it's a litmus test for the team and where it stands, is probably much more of a fan talk radio concept than it is something that inside that they'll feel. So just because I think it matches to, you know, what they're going to look at is, well, how did we deal with the following, you know, the Warriors are a non pick and roll team. So, um, you know, how, how did we deal with a team that really doesn't run much pick and roll and runs almost everything as off ball screens? And how did we defend that? And, you know, and how, and what was our approach on that? So I think that that's, you know, where the Warriors have a unique challenge. And then Steph obviously just bends the game. But I don't think it'll be as specific to the way you're phrasing it as, hey, what we did on January 1st, we'll know that we can use on May. Now, quite frankly, the other side of that story is about the eighth game of the year last year. The Clippers went small on us, spread out the floor. They did it with a Baca, and it was like, oh, dear. Like, there's our kryptonite. And we knew it on the eighth game of the year last year, and there's nothing you could do about it. So maybe, maybe it does reveal something. Yeah, I've always felt that, as you say that, when you listen to him in the post game, uh, there's no wailing and gnashing of teeth. It's more clinical in their responses, win or lose for that matter, and particularly when they lost a couple of those games. I related to my own small little personal example. I've got a 16-year-old who's a junior, and you know she likes drama. And I try to tell her, now, if this doesn't relate to graduating high school with the best grades that you can get, I don't really want to hear about it <laughs> because that's the goal here is next year. And I said the whole goal of why we're doing this is to uh, have you be up on that stage when they announce your name and you receive a diploma. And, and it's an unusual circumstance. It's not a child that was born into our family. So, uh, But nevertheless, I'm the guardian. And so I'm trying to get her to to focus on that. And that's the goal. And I sort of sense that with the Jazz, too, is that, you know, we evaluate what you're doing day to day, game to game. But the goal here is about May. Is that is that an accurate statement? Yeah, I might even make the goal a little earlier. I mean, I I think it's game. It's game 70. Right. Well, let's be ready at game 70, game 75. Like, let's be ready. I don't think they're dismissing how hard it is to get to May. So I think they might be doing it a little earlier. And, you know, there's, there is a top, like game 70, there's, there's a Quinn's got a little phrase he's using. I'm not going to use it because it's, it's in house, but it, you know, and it revolves around that idea of 70, 75, 80. Let's, let's be ready to go at that point. Um, I think it's a really good analogy. Sarah Todd of the Deseret News wrote it. I thought a good piece and actually moreover from my standpoint asked a bunch of great questions as she wrote to the single piece to the guys during the eight game win streak that they seemed so calm and they were kind of unexcited about it. And Mike Conley even said, well, I've never been on a team that's like this. Like, you know, yeah, we won eight in a row. No one seemed to be like moved by it because we had bigger purpose and we were analyzing each game the same way. And I think that um, the same approach was clear on 
when they suddenly lost two in a row that they didn't they didn't really react. Um, you know, so I think that that's I think that's true as well. Is that you know they've had some funky losses in here, and they I think they've dealt with them really well. And I even like thought the most interesting one was the San Antonio loss, where I, like I didn't think we played great, and. I went back and rewatched it, and then the next day, Quinn's press conference comes like they just made a ton of shots. Like they were really good. They made, and you know what? Actually, when I went back and watched it, they did. They made a ton of shots. Like they're NBA players. I mean, the one thing I think the Jazz have got to do a better job of, and but this actually might just take care of itself when the intensity ramps up, is they're better than most teams they play. So tonight we're better than Minnesota, particularly with Minnesota's lineup. Let's not let the sample size of the game get down to ten possessions. Like we we're doing that a few too many times. Where we're better than them, we try to sneak through it. We're not particularly tough to play in that game, and then all of a sudden you've got five minutes left or four minutes left, and there's ten possessions. Well, you know, I mean, using another kind of childhood analogy, if you're the little brother and the big brother wants to play ping pong and you want to win, the fewer points you play, the better chance you have, right? If you play twenty twenty one, you're probably going to lose. He's better than you are. But a five. You know, you got a chance. Like I used to always tell my daughter when she was playing her brother, like, tell me you don't have very much time. You only got to play to five. <laughs> so 34 games in and still 36 games before they hit that magic number of 70, what are they better at? What do you look at and think they are clearly invested with however many practices in the 34 games? This they are better at. Uh, a few things. One, defensively when teams spread – them out, Rudy's having a more impact on the, on defensively than he has in the past. You know, they, the the book used to be was go play your your big on the whoever's playing center is on the far side, strong side corner or far side corner, and then come from the other side, and then Rudy's got too far to come to impact things. They, they've they've put in some systems and they're building and they're working and developing some things, and you'll see it tonight probably. Um, though Naz Reed is interesting because he plays from the top, which is a little different and then impacts Rudy differently. Um, I think they've, so that's one. Um, I think they've changed some things they're doing defensively in regards to how they're guarding the pick and roll when there's a mid range shooter, which is really this incredible willingness to just switch Rudy onto the ball um, and let Rudy just defend everything. It's like the joke of what Patrick Beverly had to say. Um, I mean, really, one of the more asinine lack of basketball knowledge comments. But oh, I don't guard the best guy. Like, actually, the exact opposite is the Jazz are setting up their entire offense or defense so that Rudy ends up on the best guy every time. The, I thought it was very interesting that the Jazz had Rudy guard Przingis and Royce O'Neal guard Jalen Brunson, and then they immediately went to the switch. You know, and so they were totally willing to have him guard. Uh, Rudy guard Jalen Brunson that worked beautifully. So those are the two defensive things. Offensively, I think they've gotten much better on attacking uh, one through five switching. That's what they had in their last game uh, against Portland, who, you know, is not a personnel to do it very well, but you saw them make two passes before the point of attack. And it, you know, when someone's switching like that, then you can really take advantage of them rather than getting stuck in that one on one, find the isolation mismatch. Um, and the other thing I think is ironic, and I, I don't, their offense is so good right now and people are trying to figure it out. I actually feel like teams have gone back to where they were two years ago, where they've gone back to playing drop big and hugging our three point shooters. And then saying to Don, you know, making Donovan and Mike make, make a bunch of plays in the lane. And it's pretty interesting to see that take place in the sense that like, that's literally a swing from two years ago. That's what people did to us. We figured it out at such a rate that then they, um, 
that they, you know, teams went to switching and trapping and some other things. We've torched all those so badly, people are going back to the old school drop pick against us. You going to watch the Rose Bowl? Try. Um, yeah, I mean, it's the Rose Bowl. It's awesome. You know, it's one of the favorite moments of my life is going to the Rose Bowl with my dad. I'm so excited that people get to do that here. And, um, you know, I think, you know, as an Arizona State fan, you know how special it is if you ever get to go. Like, it's uh, – yeah. so, I mean, I hope – I think Ute fans, everything I've read, Ute fans are taking this as, you know, you know 60,000 people going. They're figuring it out. It's kind of great. Like, I've, I'm – I'll watch it the best I can. I'm not attached to this team. I'm attached to Kyle, not like you are. But, like, I dropped him a note the other day just kind of reminding him that, you know, I knew Kyle back in 1992 or three. Um, there was a woman in the University of Utah football office I was, I was dating at the time. And um, and then Ronnie Mack was the head coach, and Sean McNabb was the running back coach, and I was really tight with Sean. Um, and he really taught me football. And so I was around their offices a lot. And Kyle was this you know, grumpy linebackers coach who didn't like to recruit and, you know, just wanted, his dad was the defense coordinator, just wanted to do football and hated to go out and recruit. Now all you ever hear him talk about is it's all about recruiting. Um, but, I, you know, I just dropped him a note the other day that just kind of said, hey, you know, I, I'm, I know you're grinding. I know you well enough to know you're grinding. And But, you know, go back. Like, that was a long time ago, and you've been driving us for a long time. And if I told you in 1993 when we were walking around that office that you were going to play in the Rose Bowl in 20. 21 like or 2022 i guess like you yeah. would have thought it was virtually you know insane right like the idea uh-huh. that utah was in the rose bowl would have been insane the idea that he was a head coach would have been insane the idea that we've been a head coach for 15 years whatever it's been you know really it's an incredible run so i think in that sense i'll watch very much you know rooting for kyle and, and the people that have been around this program for a long time agreed i can remember when uh we started uh on K-Fan, and there was some rumor about expansion that didn't happen because there's, you know, dozens of them. Uh, and we were talking about, well, where will they fit in and what program will they be like? And, you know, it's hard to imagine them being very good or very far up. Um, so I'm wondering if you find it surprising, if you go back to 1993, you, David, if you would find it more surprising that it came together and they won the conference and they got to a Rose Bowl, or that Kyle's won a minimum of nine games in six of the last seven full seasons throughout the shortened season last year. But in the other seven years, they've won nine games or more in six of these seven years, and they haven't had a losing season. Which one is more impressive to you, knowing where the program was? You know, I, I, I might go with both if I could. I mean, just one, the what you're talking about is, I, I think, equally as impressive as going to the Rose Bowl. So, like, and then I think going to the Rose Bowl is the greatest thing you know, that you can do in college, you know, in our West Coast college football. I'm obviously playing for a national title, but when I grew up, that wasn't, that wasn't it. It was only Rose Bowl. So I think that there's a, you know, there's a level here where that's really, it's a pretty fabulous, but I think your, your point is good. I mean, I remember the press conference at the Rice-Eccles Stadium and the dread of the coaches, right? Chris Hill was sitting up top as, you know, the cat that ate the canary and, you know, it was his crowning moment and greatest day ever and, you know, changed the French program for in school forever, both academically and athletically. And I remember looking in the back of the room at all these coaches who were just like, oh, my God, like, what are we going to do? How are we going to compete? And Kyle was one of them, frankly. Um, 
And I remember talking to the coaches afterwards, like, wow, everyone's celebrating, and I am like, woo, do we got a problem. Um, and so the fact that the whole program, you know, has generally d- done pretty well and that football has led the way this way is, is yes, e- as remarkable as going to the Rose Bowl. Going to the Rose Bowl, I mean, really, one of the great things to offer. I mean, I would I, – I, people might disagree. I, I, I think it's right up there, you know, for moments in the program of the Majerus basketball run um, in that I know that was for a national title, but frankly, college football is just bigger. And so to be on that stage on January 1st and that historic game for this program in our state, like it's big. It's really big. David, we appreciate it. Thanks for joining us. We'll hear you on the broadcast tonight. What are three things I should watch for when watching the Rose Bowl? Well, number one, can the Utes run the ball? Because the two teams that have beaten Ohio State have run the ball like crazy. And they're both over 250 okay. yards. So that's number one. PK, what's number two? Uh, what kind of success Stroud, I think, is going to have the ball, uh, throwing the ball? You know, he threw for 3,800 yards, 38 touchdowns, but he's had two of his top three receivers out. So what success are they going to have against Utah's defensive secondary that is not as good as it's normally been because of injuries and inexperience? So what type of success is this quarterback who had not thrown a ball until he came into this season and has had a sensational season, and how much success can he have in throwing the ball? I mean, his stats are off the charts. And number three, Kyle will uh, get on a plane, come back here and fire us before kickoff and then fly back to the game if we don't say turnovers. I mean, he has, he has preached that forever. You can have however hot your quarterback is, however dominant your run game is, quarterback throws picks and your running back fumbles, the turnovers are going to beat you nine times out of ten. So always, Turn- always turnovers watch turnovers. Turnovers usually happen because somebody's physically superior. I always believe that. Your running back gets hit harder than they've been hit before. The passing window closes faster. The defensive ends getting on the quarterback faster than they're used to. Is is there a is there a chance that either side is physically superior? Well, everyone would say Ohio State. I mean, they're going to have more four and five stars. I mean, that's the thing about losing two of their top three receivers. We don't know how these other receivers are going to perform down in and down out because they don't get to get in the field and perform down in and down out. But we know they're not short and we know they're not slow. But are they up to the moment to step in in the Rose Bowl and make one big play after another? Because that's what the guys they're replacing were doing. I was listening to your show, and you were interviewing an Ohio State guy earlier in the stretch, and I think he was saying it was the greatest receiver crew ever. So that was before these guys, what they do to step out because of drafting? or mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. The Christian McCaffrey carryover. Stanford yep. legacy right there. It's becoming more and more common in bigger and bigger games, and now in the Rose Bowl. Yeah, I kind of I hate to say it, but I get it. Right, but you do hate to say it because it's the Rose Bowl. And the entire yeah, sport has benefited from the Rose Bowl, and nobody's looking out for the big picture. Everybody's making the best decision for themselves, and that includes coaches leaving teams and ADs firing coaches after game two. But there's all this crazy stuff happening in college football, and nobody's really looking out for the big picture thing. Everybody is, you know, what's right in front of me. And what's right in front of these guys is multi-million dollar contracts, so we get that. We get why they're doing what they're doing, but somebody in the sport ought to be looking out for big events like the Rose Bowl because the whole sport benefits them. Utah benefited from the Rose Bowl before it was ever in the Pac-12. Right. I mean, I think the only answer would be that you're given a free insurance policy 
up to your expected earning value based on some evaluation system. It's the only way you can get a guy to play. Right? Christian McCaffrey, you're likely to make $100 million. You tear your ACL in this game. You get, here's your insurance policy paid for by Stanford University, and you get $100 million. Then you go tear your ACL on purpose. <laughs> David Locke, Commissioner of College Football, when he's done calling jazz games. Thank you, David. See ya. David Locke, you'll hear him tonight on the call. Jazz and Wolves, 7 o'clock. And Jazz and Warriors tomorrow night, 7 o'clock. Pre-game show both nights at 6 o'clock. Right here on the Zone Sports Network. More on the Rose Bowl, your predictions. Stay with us.